Harry Kane putting in a lovely strike. Senegal looked just, you know, disappointed in themselves, but also done. They're like, ah, God damn it. We can't do this for another half. Like, there's just yeah. no way we compete, can compete. And that second half, I thought, was very straightforward. Like, yeah. Senegal could not match up to England, and England just got stronger and stronger and stronger. And it ended with that third goal, a filthy, dirty, disgusting <laughs> little dink from Bukayo Saka. <laughs> and it's 3-0, and England are looking so good, man. Yeah. You know, but, but before all of that, though, before England scored, Senegal had two, two decent chances. I think in the first five minutes, Boule Dia goes right down the middle, gets found, Takes too many touches, in my opinion. Should have struck the ball earlier. And then there was obviously that other big chance. Also fell to Boulay Dia. Really good play from Ismail Assar. Slips him in. Dia puts off a good strike this time. But the uh, really big hand or arm, if you will, from Jordan Pickford to keep it nil-nil. And then after that, England started to get a little bit pissed off at Senegal. Then they started, <laughs> to, they started to show their class after that. Yeah. And that's something I'm noticing overall, man, is that... England start every game pretty slow. Um, as, uh, if you take out the Iran game, which I think was just weird in general. But other than that, England have started off every single game pretty slow. Even that Wales game, they started off kind of slow. But it isn't until you provoke England. When you provoke England, that's when they turn it up to the next gear. And then they just kill you with their class. Yeah, no, absolute class was shown. What I liked of what was that every single goal for England was masterful, man. Mm. Whether it was in buildup, whether it was just these really small, beautiful touches in the buildup. You talked about Harry Kane's goal. That finish was nuts. But also the assist that Foden provided to Harry Kane in that situation. And then the second assist that Foden got on that third goal, feeding Saka and megging Koulibaly in the process. Yeah. Every single goal just had a... Uh, an ounce of English class attached to it. And mm -hmm. I loved seeing that overall. I agree. I, I do agree. They do, they do kind of need to be provoked in order to bring out this beast in them. But once it comes out, man, it's, it's nearly unstoppable. Yeah, absolutely, man. And for Senegal, this gets tough. Cause again, I, I would say the first 20, maybe even 30 minutes, Senegal were going toe to toe with this English English side. Now, where were the goals going to come from? I wasn't 100% sure because other than those two Boule Dia half chances, they really didn't create or bother English the England's back line. And so other than that, I was like, hmm, Senegal are fighting here, but what's going to happen? Because yeah. actually, even, even after like the 30th minute or before England scored, it was actually kind of slow. Yeah. The pace was slow on both ends. England just kind of knocking the ball around, probing, saying, all right, we're not gonna we're not gonna overcommit here, but we're just gonna try and knock it around, see if we find openings. And Senegal low-key were doing the same thing. They didn't have that same energy or that same drive that they did against Ecuador. And that's a kind of disappointing for me because I feel like the only way Senegal were really gonna get have a chance here or get anything out of this is if they went full throttle against England. Now, yes, maybe they would have been exposed because England do have a lot of class, but knowing that England start off slow, maybe they should have just gone all out in those first 20 minutes, try and get a goal, and then see what you can do from there. But yeah, overall, I I'm disappointed in Senegal's performance, but even if Senegal played to their best strengths, I still think England would have done them in. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking about watching the game. I was like, man, if you play this game 10 times in a row, and tell me if you agree with this, Senegal wins the game twice. Yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. England win this 80% of the time. 80% I think is a solid number for how successful England would be. I mean, bro, 12 goals now 
and four games is ridiculous. Even if you remove the Iran result, six goal in three <laughs> games is still insane, insane That's too, man. Insane, man. Offensively, England is looking incredible, and they've kept a clean sheet in every single game except that Iran game where now you're looking oh, back shit. at it, man. Iran had... That's something special in that match <laughs> offensively, man. Yeah. To Remy getting a brace in that game. Yeah. Outside of that, man, not a single goal scored against them. So England, I think they're shutting some people off in the process because the way they're going about getting to the quarterfinal is much different than how I envisioned England would do it before the tournament started. I thought they would kind of scrap their way through just because they do have the better quality. But, dude, they're dominating teams. Yeah. They are dominating teams. And today, this game specifically, I thought this had a little bit of a of an upset potential with how Senegal was playing, Same. with how they can be so hard to gauge at times for a European team. And to see England just, at the end of the day, just dominate them, control the match, and have it be over by the 60th minute says way more to me than I ever thought it would. And I, I'm actually rating this English squad a lot higher now than I did before the match started. Oh, dude, same. Like, when you think about who their opponent is in the quarters... England might have a really good chance of going on, man. And that, that first off, that game itself, and we can talk about that later, that's going to be a, a fucking banger, certified banger. But England have really definitely impressed me too, man. They're looking so good going into the quarters, dominating, as you said, every single game, essentially. And they're also doing it in style. And that, that's what really impresses me, man, is, you know, looking the, at this game from a player perspective, it... You know, I, you could actually argue that Foden and Saka had weird games at times or had weird moments in this game. Uh, I actually didn't think Foden or Saka were that influential until England got that first goal through Jordan Henderson. Once the deadlock was broken, then Foden and Saka, I thought, got a lot more confident and a lot more involved offensively, which their play ended up leading to the second and third goals for England. So... I think that Sokka and Foden can probably get a little bit more involved earlier on in the game. If they do that, then England might be unstoppable, man. Let's look at a super chat here from Insured Frames. Oh, he's talking about France versus Poland. Expected goals. We'll talk about France Poland in a second. But the stat here says 1.2 expected goals for France, 1.81 expected for Poland, but the Mbappe tax one. And we'll talk about that in a second. Don't you worry. Senegal were just not ready, says Swap Nil. Very sluggish and no passion. They could have had... They could have had England in a tight position because they were nervous from the beginning but grew confident after the first goal. Rice and Bellingham yeah. were on fire. Yeah, I mean, the midfield for... Uh, you got to throw in Henderson in that, man. Henderson had a great game today as well. You did. Mar yeah. Marco Carmona, every round of 16 games so far except Argentina versus Australia has been pure class goleadas. Yeah. Team talent did, did beat the other teams that got through. I'm sure the other round of 16 matches will be tougher to call. And I agree. I feel like the next four games that come are going to be a, light a lot tighter than these four. So far, man, I'm four for four on my predictions. Yeah. Four for four. So I'm looking good, yeah. but it's, it could go, it can catastrophically change like that mm. after tomorrow. We'll see what happens if any upsets happen. Yeah. Is this 80% win rate for England against Senegal with or without Mane on Senegal? Good question. I would still say with Mane, honestly, because England's offensive talents that they have is just too much for any defense. Or it's too much for a defense like Senegal's, who really can only rely on Koulibaly to help them out, or maybe Mendy between the sticks. Other than that, Mane, I don't think, would get on the ball that often as he does at club level. And so, yeah, Senegal might get a goal, but they would still lose 3-1 instead of 3-0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can agree with that. Maybe they get one more game. and Maybe it's three games out of ten instead of two is what sure, I would say with the sure. money effect. Yeah. And, yes, Producer Rudd is back. He's back. <laughs> the show's back to normal, thank God. Yes. Thank you to Producer Sip for his sacrifice. But the GOAT, Producer Rudd, is back, man. He's back. 
England have finally unlocked their unique football superpower. Just be super sound. Can be boring, but never self-destructive. Never see an English side with such a defined identity. England won, France zero. Yeah, I like man. that. Yeah. I like that. I like that confidence. Alex Chavez, $10. Thank you, bro. First live I've caught because of work, but I watch you as soon as I get home. This World Cup has been crazy. Your breakdown of the games have made it better. Love the passion. Thank you. Thank dude. you, brother. Dude, I bet, I bet, ooh, I bet it hits to get home, turn on that <laughs> computer or TV, and just get some food and watch this. I hope we can provide some good entertainment. W for producers, Rudd, of course. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. England versus France, the real final. The team who wins this match will be champions. Haven't seen better than those two teams in this tournament yet. Completely agree. <laughs> this coach needs to figure out how to use, utilize the talent. All help producer Rudd. Yes. Okay. Looking great. Um, as for Senegal, I got I to ask you this. If you're a Senegalese, do you leave this tournament with your head held high, even though you got blown out in this round of 16 game? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I think Senegal had a good group stage. They got that big win against Ecuador to say, hey, we're better than you. We're better than Qatar. We deserve to go to the round of 16. So that, I thought, was really impressive from Senegal to go out to Ecuador knowing they needed the win and to actually get, I thought, was really impressive. And especially doing all those three games without Mane, knowing he wasn't going to play any part in it, I thought they played really, really well. I just think today was always going to end this way. It was inevitable against an English side this talented, man. I mean, we're potentially talking about a team that lifts the trophy at the end of the day. And unfortunately, Senegal might just be one of those teams that faced them really early on in the knockout stage. So I, I would definitely hold your head up high. I think they did as much as they could, man. Like, yeah, Ismail Assar probably didn't have that good of a game, but I think it's just because he got shut down. I don't think it's because he himself has just had a poor game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely leave with a lot of positives. You had a really good performance, I'd say, in this World Cup. And, yeah, let's just keep preparing. Another AFCON, another good performance. Monica comes back into the team. And just see what else is out there for Senegal. How can Alio Cisse kind of improve the squad? Look at where they maybe need to fix. Maybe he can find better, reliable center back to play alongside Khalidou Koulibaly. Maybe even a better right back. I think there are positions that he can look to improve. But overall, I thought Senegal had a you know a good tournament. Yeah, nah. I, I can agree with that take. I really yeah. can. Bellingham isn't the prince England wanted, but the one they needed. <laughs> <laughs> so far, the European superpowers feel like they've been more sound than their South American counterparts. It'll take flawless games from Brazil and Argentina to compete with these cats. Yeah, that's and that's the thing about take. the round of 16. You start to see. You start to see a real gap in quality and class between these teams. Marco yeah. Camona back again. Thank hey. you, my friend. England did good at calling Foden to start. I agree. I yeah. agree. We were talking about this before the game. Foden deserved to get the start. I was actually interested to see how or why Saka got the start over Rashford, given that Rashford has like three goals know. and is in form. But Saka, in a way, proved that he deserves that he deserved to get the start today. So props to him. Yeah. But Foden, man, two assists and two. His interplay when he's like in the moment, when you're transitioning and building up towards a play, you just need a really good ball in like a transitionary moment. He's so good at that because he does that all the time at Man City. Yes. That's exactly what he needed to do. He got the ball handed off to him, I think, from by Bellingham at one point. He receives it. He sees Harry Kane running right beside him. And he just gives him the perfect ball, man. And I yeah. think that can be a little underrated at times, that skill set, because there was a play, for example, where Bellingham gave the ball a little too long to Luke Shaw. Who was doing an incredible oh, run? Yeah, yeah. And it just went a little too long, and you saw the play essentially die because of how how just subtly long that pass was. Mm -hmm. Whereas for Foden, he was so consistent and so good about getting those two passes off that led yeah. to goals. Really calculated, really just good about providing that really well timed assist. So 
I got to give him credit for that. And I think he, it was a great idea from Southgate to uh, call him up. And when we talk about Southgate, man, I do, I do got to say, so far this tournament, man, he's done, he's done perfect. He's done perfect. Yeah. Just about. Yeah, recognizing that, look, I got to play Foden now. And you're right, dude. <laughs> That's such a great praise because Foden in space and transition, nightmare to defend. Like, holy shit, because he can dribble past you if you give him the space. Or if you go tight on him, then he can kill you off that pat with the pass, man. So Foden is definitely one of those, like, definitely one of those players that can just kill you with any skill set that he has. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's crazy what England have at their disposal. And for Southgate, bro, you're right. He has made every decision based off of the wrong decisions that he started with. So choosing to bench Mount and put in Jordan Henderson, I thought was a very low-key move, but the right one. Henderson's just so experienced, man. Whereas Mount has gone through uh, maybe a weird time with these last two seasons with Chelsea, right? But Henderson's just at the top of his game. Yeah. You know, may not be as led athletically sound, but he can obviously still play for 90 minutes, go up and down that pitch. And his IQ, his experience is so high, man that Henderson's just the right guy to play alongside Declan Rice. And then we already said the decision to play Foden up top alongside Harry Kane is proving to be the right decision. So, yeah, props to Southgate. Yeah, you know, and interesting little narratives with uh, Sterling having to go home as well. Or some that was interesting. Same with Ben White, too, yeah. leaving as well. So two casualties in that sense, but it doesn't matter. They, they completely find immediate replacements that are willing to provide and do what's needed for the team. I already hear it's coming home chance in the city. It started <laughs> better than Christmas songs, to be honest. Hey. <laughs> I wonder what it's like over there in England, man. I would love to just walk outside and just hear that in the distance, man. Mm -hmm. I really would. Uh, nobody talks about Kane. Just one goal, but he gives everything for the team. I agree, man. And the commentary that we were watching, I feel like a lot of media has been harping on how Kane hasn't technically scored a goal up to that point in the uh. World Cup. But the reason he's been starting every single match for this English team is for what he does outside of goals as well, yeah, man. His hold-up play is genius, genius, man. It's amazing. He knows how to link up with players so well. He knows how to shield the ball, how to protect it. Yes. He knows how to use his body. And he can send in the perfect ball if needed. He can do it all, man. He yeah. can do it all. So even if he's not scoring, you know, for almost a certain, you know, for almost a certainty that he's going to be doing the rest at a 10 out of 10 level. Oh, yeah. I think he had three assists going into this game, no? So, yeah, that, that's incredible right there. That's like an attacking midfielder's dream to have three assists in three games, bro. And that's your number nine striker with that type of pedigree on the ball. So, if Kane ain't scoring, you know 100% he's involved offensively yeah. either way. Yeah, and I love it because now with this goal that he got, which was a pure beauty, <sighs> you go into this French versus France versus England matchup now looking at two absolute superstars in good form and yeah. Harry Kane and Mbappe and I cannot wait to preview that match after we talk about the other game yeah France versus Poland happened to start off the match day France coming into this after topping their group and Poland coming into this after essentially beating out my beautiful Mexico and mm. uh yellow cards or no actually that ended up not being true because of uh, Saudi Arabia's goal right so yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. just beating out Mexico and getting second place in group C and yeah, this kind of, oh, let me think about this one. This one actually in the first half went a lot more different than what I thought it would go. Same, that yeah. would be, man. Yeah. Poland put up a good fight, bro. They really did. A really good fight. Uh, France, first off, also started off like kind of gauging the situation, seeing what's out there for him this match and trying to impose themselves. They had a number of, I would say, half chances and opportunities at goal. But Agreed. then as the game progressed, dude, 
Poland suddenly flipped the switch for like 20 minutes, man. Yes. 20 minutes where we saw a Polish side that we had not seen this entire World Cup. Mm -mm. It felt calculated. It felt positive because they were actually generating really good opportunities off of it. So much so that there was one chance where they had like three back-to-back -back shots on goal and they had the French defense on their fucking heels, bro. Yeah. On their heels. That was Yo, crazy. Crazy, Crazy man. sequence. And to see Poland, you know, kind of push France back like that for a good amount of minutes and then, you know, recover the ball and just contain possession, I was like, this is what we've been waiting to see, man. Yes. This is what they can be capable of. So that was really good to see. That, I just want to mention, was a really good moment for Poland, and I'm low-key disappointed they didn't take advantage of it, and they didn't come out with a goal during that phase because yeah. they, were playing, they were playing that well, man. Yeah, if Zielinski put that ball any side of Joris, I think they would have scored a blistering shot, but I went right at Joris's crotch, essentially, and it went off both thighs, and after that, they just could not get that rebound to fall. But yeah, that whole sequence of 20 minutes where Poland were just kind of attacking with a calculated type of precision, France's back line, they actually stretched France just a little bit and were so close to actually leading the game and getting a goal. Yeah, and so the game continues, and then finally we see uh, two records get broken in this match. The first one by Oliver Giroud, yes. who becomes the highest-scoring international player for France in their history. <laughs> Insane, dude. That, to me, was like almost one of those career-defining stats for Giroud because yeah. I feel like oftentimes people don't think of him as the greatest French striker of all time. Yeah. He's never been regarded as, you know, the top, top, top guy. Yeah. But... He's found his niche in the in the genesis of world football where he's just found this role where he's just the most consistent nine you can have that you can just rely on that does what needs to be done. Yeah. Isn't too loud about it, but he just <laughs> provides. He he, he he gives output. He's so good, man. He can finish in, in a wide array of uh, he can finish in so many different ways. He's very smart on the ball. He has all the he has all the attributes that make up a very very good striker. And I love that he finally got rewarded with being able to say that he is the highest scoring French player in international tournaments because in a way I feel like no one really saw this coming. You know, you got yeah. big names. <laughs> big names for France in their striking history. Yeah. But Oliver Giroud at the end of the day with the goal he got today ends up becoming that record holder. And I think that's awesome, man. I think that's awesome. Props to Giroud who already has a World Cup in his pocket. Yeah. And he's already showing this tournament that he he can continue to provide that same level of quality even at an older age. Yeah, before he scored that goal, there was a whipping cross maybe from Dembele. I'm not sure who sent it in. And Giroud was trying to get on the end of it. And I feel like he could have, but he ended up missing it. Or he actually made contact with it, but not good contact. and ended up skying over the bar. But I was like, shit, come on, Giroud. You just need one goal, and you can get the record in this game at the yes. World Cup. So I was like, come on, come on. Stay focused. You'll get your goal. And then we saw him with a nice finish, honestly, bro. And I'm glad it was this type of goal because I think this goal shows Giroud's class, man. I mean, to score 52 goals for your country, that ain't no fluke, bro. Mm -mm. That ain't no fluke at all. And this goal really showed his true class. The ball's a little bit behind him, so he has to swivel those hips. A nice reverse chop finish, digs it in the ground a little bit, but it's just perfectly placed, bro. That's it. That is an elite finish, and that's Olivier Giroud, baby. Yeah, dude. I like this comment right here from Sal. He says, silly, but in my opinion, Giroud is better for the team than Benzema. Although, I like Benzema. Yeah. And I, I think that I, I'll entertain that because we haven't seen Mbappe and Benzema play together truly at like a, a big World Cup, a big World Cup stage. Yeah. You know, we've seen in other tournaments, but something this, this heavy 
it's always been Mbappe and Giroud for the past four years, and that's where we, they've seen the most success for France. Mm. So I actually really like how Giroud fits into this team specifically, yeah. and I like that he's going to go down as you know one of the greatest players for France in that sense because yeah. of what he's been able to achieve and what he's been able to do in that position for France. Yeah. Let me see some super chat from Marco Carmona, $10. Thank you, bro. If Croatia versus Brazil beat the Asian teams, we will... See, see a see a semifinal quality game, you know, in the, yeah. in, in the quarters. Yeah, I hope the Asian teams don't disappoint. Portugal versus Switzerland will be the make or break for Ronaldo to show up. Mm, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. It, it, Ronaldo has to show up in that game because that might be the end of the road for Portugal yeah. if Switzerland just completely show up. Yeah, Rodolfo Quintanilla. France is leaky at the back. Center backs left looking a decent amount of times, a, a, a decent amount of the time, just haven't played a legit offensive side yet. I actually agree. So to talk, I actually, yeah. So now I want to talk about a little bit of the game analysis a little bit. So I'll go ahead and start with France. I agree. In those first 30 minutes before France were able to break the deadlock, um, even when they weren't getting stretched, even when Poland weren't actually probing France's backline too often, when Poland went forward, France looked a little sloppy. They looked a little sloppy at the back. Mistakes were made from Loris. Kunde, Upamecano, and if Poland just had true wingers, other than Lewandowski in the middle, to attack and take advantage of those mistakes, I think we would have seen a very different game. But unfortunately, as we already kind of previewed, Poland aren't the best side in the round of 16. They're just not. They really rose to the occasion today, but their, their inability to score goals really showed today, you know, because... Everything else from Poland, their defense, their midfield play was actually pretty good. It's just that France's offense is too relentless. It's too much, man. It's too much for a team like Poland. <laughs> yeah. And but but that is not to say France is going without a little bit of uh, inconsistencies, as I think Quintanilla or whatever our viewer's name is. I agree. I think France's backline have to be more focused when they play against a better side, or they will get caught sleeping. So that, I would say that's the only negative I have to say about this French side is their backline looked a little sloppy. But once, basically after that moment where Poland had those three shots back to back, then they woke up. Yeah. Kind of like kind of like how England did today when yeah. Boulay Dia had that big shot and Pickford saved it. After that, England looked really good. I'm going to say the same thing about France. After that crazy sequence of Poland, they didn't make a single mistake after that. So they just need to wake up. And maybe they'll wake up now knowing that, all right, that was Poland. We won. We did good. <laughs> now in the quarters, whoever we play, well, obviously it'll be oh, England. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we're going to be on our tip-top yeah. shape, form, and we're going to show up. So I w I'm going to look to that in that next game. How does this backline start just from a confidence perspective? But, yeah, I'd say that's the only negative because other than that, man, France's midfield looked great. Yep. Griezmann constantly yep. getting on the ball, constantly finding players in space, man. And then Dembele just doing his thing. And, obviously, you have one of the best finishers, one of the best players in the world, and Kylian Mbappe, bro. Yeah, the, the mixture they have in that midfield and offense is fucking beautiful at this point, man. Yeah. They, they all know their role so well, dude. Griezmann was awesome today. He was awesome. And I just love seeing how yes. comfy, man. He's so comfy on this French team. Yes. I hate that he's not being utilized the right way at the club level for yeah. even that he hasn't been for like the past four years now. Yeah, man. even at Barca. Now at Atleti. It really sucks because, man, right now, like, it's such a short time frame, a month, <laughs> that he gets to play true football the way he wants to. And then the rest of the time, he's just <laughs> miserable, man. Yeah. He's still producing. He's still producing, though. But, man, I just feel like there's, there's more to be 
to get t to have from Griezmann at the club level. Regardless, though, yes, France did show a little bit of concerns defensively with how Poland was able to break them during certain moments of the match. But ultimately, after the game became 1-0, France started to dominate even more so when France when Poland opened up. And if there's one man that you do not want to be opened up against, 30 minutes left in the game, it's none other than Kylian Mbappe, bro. Good God, You do bro. not want to leave this man with space, with any room to run. You do not want to give this guy the freedom to even think creatively on the ball because if he has that ability, brother, he will... <laughs> he will murder you. He will murder in, you, dude. In broad daylight. <laughs> it's crazy. That man basically had an AK-47 on the pitch, bro. <laughs> he was stringing out goals, man. It was yeah. a goddamn beautiful thing to see, and I love it, man. I love it because... Throughout this World Cup, I feel like we've had moments where a team is down, back against, back up against the wall, and so they have to go for it, and they've been open, and we haven't really seen teams punish them for it, you mm. know? But this time around, we saw it get punished twice, bro. We saw Poland get ramsacked for the mistakes they made, and good Lord, good Lord, the way Kylian Mbappe went about it was fucking incredible, man. I mentioned there were two records broken um, this game. The second one is Mbappe getting two goals here and becoming... I believe the highest goal scorer at a World Cup before the age of 24. Yeah. So he's already topped uh, Pelé, who had eight goals by the time he was 24. Ah. Pelé, uh, not Pelé, uh, Mbappe now has nine. Yeah. So that in itself is a crazy record. Wow. He's on pace to become the greatest goal scorer at the World Cup if he continues. But not just that, man, getting a brace for this French team mm. and the way he went about it, man, let's talk about it. The mm. first goal that he got where the ball landed at his feet in the corner of the left box, um, and he would... Honestly, seemed a little surprised that they gave him that much time, man. They gave yeah. him way too much time, almost just shifted away from him. And the defenders seemed tired by that point. They yeah. seemed a little uninspired, and they didn't truly challenge him to, uh, when he went up to kick the ball. And his windup was ridiculous, Dude. man. We had like three full touches in the box. And so by the time he was swinging that foot back, ready to unload, bro, it was like he was golfing. <laughs> and it was about boom. boom. He unleashes a laser, man. Dude. A laser of a shot that is purely unstoppable for Chesney and and France go up 2-0. Yeah, dude, that finish was ridiculous. Even though he had that much space, the angle was a little awkward, I thought, and he, there's still a Polish player in front of him, but he just he looked up cuz he had so much space. He picked out his spot in that goal and he said, "I'm going to kick it right there." And that is exactly where he put it. Chesney had zero chance of saving it with that amount of pace that was behind that kick. And yeah, Mbappe with a banger. What's crazy is that even though the Polish players couldn't really close him down, I don't know if any other striker finishes it like that, exactly, bro. bro. Not like that. I didn't expect that shot to come out of him that way. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like even though the space was there, I honestly think most players would have fluffed that chance. Yeah. Unless they got closer or found a better angle. Yeah, or they would have tried to like kind of finesse it, kind of mm. just aim it towards like a corner and put a little curve on it or right. something. But he just, it's a laser, bro. It's the type of shot you attempt when you're like 30 yards out from the goal. Yeah. And so the fact that it was on target with that much power, mm. unstoppable, man. Unstoppable. unstoppable. Uh, let me read a couple comments about this goal. My man Mbappe had the most time in the world. He was shocked that he was so alone, man. Yeah, yeah truly, truly. He makes it look easy. He That's does. That's the thing, man. He does. He makes it look doable. Yeah. Like if you just practice a little bit, you can do it yourself, man. <laughs> it makes you believe in yourself. In my opinion, no one beats Mbappe with the ed edge of the box shot. Yeah. Lethal finisher for that distance. Actually, you know, when I think about Lethal. it. Lethal. He might be the, yeah, he might be the best one right now at that specific shot. Damn. Yeah. That might become his trademark, too. You know, like the Robin cut in and then shoot. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's I mean, his trademark, yeah, man. Maybe this might, might become his trademark because I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it. Um, 
Okay, before I get to those, let me talk about the second. The second uh, the second goal that Kylian Mbappe yeah. scored, which was also a true beauty with how he was still in that corner left box area, just causing havoc, man. Once That's again, amazing. Poland had pushed up, and so there was only a good amount, a few amount of defenders, Polish defenders back there that could uh, handle the power that Mbappe holds. And just pure, pure greatness, pure genius once again, man. Yeah. Uh, Cuts inside, but no, actually cuts cuts outward towards the uh, edge of the box, and then he just—I don't even know how to describe. This, I don't man. know how he, he did he it. He took the trash. I have no yeah, idea how yeah, he did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. He took the trash out because he put it in the bin. <laughs> top bins, <laughs> top baby. bins. There it is. <laughs> crazy man. Yeah, top bins. I, I didn't even know how to describe this one. It was just beautiful. It's beautiful. Beautiful. He made the he makes the game look look like art, man. Yeah, like a like a work of art. And he finished so beautifully, it curves into that top corner. Chesney, I think, gets a hand on it. But still, once again, too much power on the shot. Too so much. he can't stop it, man. Yeah. He gets a brace. He's, uh, you know, dancing in front of the camera. Yeah. He's having a great fucking time. And France goes up 3-0 to win the match, dude. Yeah, I think, we, I think we said this before on this pod. Mbappe is inevitable. And I, I don't think there's a truer statement right now out in world football. You can't stop him. There was a comment that said, I feel sorry for any right back that has to face Mbappe. And that is true because for 90 minutes, you got to defend that, bro? Good fucking luck. Because uh, I, <laughs> I, I will say, dude, it, it, it is an unforgiving challenge to ask your right back to do that, honestly. Yeah. It, it, it's tough. I will say, though, Matty Cash had a really good defensive performance today. Obviously, he got caught out with Mbappe having that much space, but it's because Cash is also offensive, so he's always going to get caught out in that regard. But those one-on-ones, I thought Cash really fought really, really well. So props to Matty Cash. Proved himself to be a really damn good right back, at least defensively. So Mbappe didn't have an easy time, but you give Mbappe 90 minutes on the pitch, he's going to find a way. He's going to find a way. Yeah. And that is exactly what we saw getting two goals today. Yeah, no, yeah, I completely agree. I like these comments that I'm seeing. The hitman, Mbappe, is a generational talent. Generational. I completely agree. Scroll down for me, producer Rudd. Um, he is so fun to watch. Mbappe is true class, even with being a complete diva. We talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He might be a diva off the pitch, but then on the on the football field, he is incredible, bro. Incredible. Yeah. And Mbappe plays like a seasoned vet, says David Sanchez. At 23 years old, even when he slows down, he's a crafty, crafty man. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you'd think that a guy like Mbappe is just all about speed or power on the shot, but when he slows it down in the right moments, you see the true skill that Mbappe possesses, man. I think that's why he's truly a generational talent because he balances perfectly athleticism on the pitch and couples it perfectly with true, genuine footballing yeah, skill. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Screw, <laughs> screw being humble. If he's the best, who cares, man? Hell All yeah. big players have egos. Yeah. I'm actually, yeah, I'm I, I don't with that, care bro. what he does off the, the way pitch. he's playing. You got to have that ego to try out some yeah, the things he tries out. Yeah. Uh, if you're a humble guy, you ain't going to be doing those step overs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he's just too fast for any, for anyone. And Bop is officially a top three player now. Um, damn. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Fucking Bop I don't like nothing about this. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's still, he's still got, he's still got, he's got, he still has some people that he has to win over. He still has some people he has to win over. Fair enough. Hopefully he can do that yeah. throughout this World Cup run. But regardless, France goes up 3-0 and they win this game. And like I mentioned with England, Harry Kane being really informed. Yeah. France now has a fully informed Kylian Mbappe as well as Giroud mm-hmm. going into this amazing quarterfinal clash. Any final thoughts on France or on Poland 
with this outcome in hand now. Now, yeah. Before we get to France England prediction, just want to say a couple things about Poland here. Uh, I thought this was their. I think you already previewed it, but I thought this was Poland's best game of their tournament. Honestly, it's just unfortunate that they played a relentless French side. Uh, Poland really came out with the right idea here, and I completely give all uh, applaud and praise to Miknowicz, their coach. One thing I've been harping on this entire group stage for Poland is their lack of midfield presence. They started the tournament with a 5-2-3, so only two guys in that central midfield, and I thought they were getting ran, bro, completely ran in that midfield, so much so I was like, they're just not going to have any success. Because Mignovic said, all right, we're going wingbacks, and we're going to go Lewandowski. Wide and up top. We're not even going to care about the midfield. But against quality, quality size like you face in the World Cup, I think that really showed for Poland just having a big, big weakness in that center of the park. So what did he do today? Five midfielders. Five. Goes to a back four. Takes out one center back, puts in a midfielder. Elects to not put anybody else alongside Lewandowski. So now you have an extra midfielder as well. Zielinski gets a more central position, and that's why I think Poland had very good success for 20, 25 minutes in that first half because it worked. They were able to retain a lot of the possession. They were able to knock the ball around because they had numbers in the midfield. So complete credit to Mignovitz for actually making that change, and it was a lot more positive. It was a lot more progressive than their game against Argentina because they always played it back, I thought, against Argentina and credits Argentina for pressing them hard. But Poland in this game always looked to play it forward, even if it might not have been the right decision. They always looked to somehow put pressure on France's back line, which is why I think France were a little sloppy in those first 20 minutes because Poland actually came out and tried. They really did. The only reason why they lost this game, though, is because they faced an inevitable French side that are almost impossible to beat unless you can go toe-to-toe -to -toe, toe -to -toe with them talent-wise. So credit to Poland. I thought they had a good game. But, yeah, I mean, winning this game is going to be a near-impossible task. Yeah. Do you think 3-0 is a little too harsh for the way they perform then? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, because when you think about Mbappe's goals, man, you can't stop those. Yeah. You just can't, man. Yeah. And you, you look around, and you're like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, how do we stop that? Yeah. You can't. And that's why I think France are a title-contending side because when you have a player like Mbappe, man, you can go all the way. And then you put players like Griezmann around him, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, Poland made it to round 16, man. That's good to see. Good to see them make a little bit of progress here. And at the end of the day, they didn't have the most impressive display, but for, like you said, 20, 30 minutes, they were imposing themselves on France. And I think that's something dope, something good to see if you're yes. a Polish fan. Interested to see how they go moving forward these next four years with Lewandowski. Does he does he get phased out? Will he be too old come 2026? Um, will there be a new set of young talent that comes into this Polish team that can maybe create a different type of game and gameplay style for them? Because I think they do need a shift in how they play, man. Yes. I want this to be the last time I see a Polish team approach the World Cup the way they did this time <laughs> around, man. I want this to be the last time, man. Yeah. I'm ready to see a new reinvigorated Polish side yeah. that just has a lot more exciting talent outside of Lewandowski and uh, Zielinski. Please. Yeah. You know, we had Chesney having putting in an awesome tournament, being one of the greatest goalkeepers this tournament. There's good. There's positives, man. Yeah. There's positives for what Poland did, but... They ultimately crash out, and we thank the Polish for their appearance in this World Cup. Yeah. A super chat from Poland brought in 1999. This World Cup has been a needed success for us, Poland, to build on. 
In future, we have to develop our offense more with Euro 2024 ahead to give Lewandowski a dessert farewell. Ooh. Knockouts at least with six points and a new generation is ready. That's nice. E that's exactly what I needed to hear after yeah. after <laughs> after what I just said. Yeah, I completely agree, man. And yeah. I'm excited to see. I truly am to see comparing what they did in 2022 versus how they will look in the future. Uh, let's go down and see what else people are saying. Varun Raja, can my man Dembele get a shout? That man is so bloody good, so slept on. Dude, he's been, I think so. I think he deserves a shout because yeah. he's been he's been playing his role to pure excellence on that right side. And yeah, he's a little bit more up and down than Mbappe, but he's still very, very good on the ball and he can yeah. feed you some really good passes as well. Yeah. I think he's just such a good fit. He's such yeah. a good fit into this French team offensively that it's nice to have him this time around being at his full He'd been at his most fit and at his best level and in good form, too. So, shout out Dembele. I do think he's playing really well. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, the only thing that Dembele is missing is the stats, a goal or an assist, honestly. But other than that, he's doing everything else out on the pitch perfectly for this French side, as you already said. He always provides an outlet on the other side of Mbappe. So, if that defensive line has to constantly swivel their heads. Where's Mbappe? Where's Dembele? Where's Mbappe? Where's Dembele? And that that right there, I think, is why France won today because it's just too much. Yeah. It's so much. So even though Dembele ain't getting those goals or those assists, he's constantly yeah. being a threat. The way, constantly. He the way he plays makes it even tougher for the defense, bro, because yeah. you're, you're messing with a mastermind winger <laughs> and fucking Mbappe, yeah. a genius striker in the middle, and then another really good, talented winger that can get by you if he wants to. Yeah. That's fucking hard, dude. It's hard. That's it's really hard. hard. If France wins again, I'm not watching the World Cup for the next three and a half years. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I mean, we've never That's seen funny. a World Cup where the defending champion wins the championship again, so I, I would be interested to see the reaction to that. It'd be I saw unheard a good of. comment here about Poland. Scroll down, please. It is. Keep going. Uh, ooh, uh, okay. there, uh, there it is. From Marcin. There is an earthquake in the Polish team. Louis and Zielinski are quite mad about the overall defensive tactics during the World Cup. Most people in Poland want Miknovich out. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's what I was harping on for the entire group stage, man. It was just there was no offensive fluidity. They, but they showed that they, they can play that way today. They can. So that's why I like the other comment, too. And he's like, Good, solid foundation in this tournament. We can build. Like, there's actually something to build off of here. You already said maximize Zielinski. You still have Lewandowski at the Euros. So if you just put the right offensive pieces around those two guys, I can see Poland being pretty good, man. They showed it today that they can play ball. They just need to be, I think, a little bit more progressive with their tactics. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So now let's talk about the matchup that is going to be not yet. Uh, the matchup that is going to be had in the quarterfinals between England and France, man. Mm. What a spicy matchup, dude. This could be a final. This could truly be a, <sighs> final. Could be a final. This could be a final with the quality that will be <sighs> on display, yeah. with the tactics and the whole atmosphere. This is going to feel like an incredible game, and I'm super, super excited because both of these teams, as I've already been saying the stream, are coming into this game in really, really good shape yeah. and form. Both of them. Both of them. It's not like one team scraped by their opponents this time around in the round 16. They both dominated at the end of the day, scoring three goals each. So what happens when you have two dominant European sides going toe-to-toe -to -toe against each other in a quarterfinals matchup in Qatar? Yeah. We'll find out, brother. Dude. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. But this one I'm truly, really excited for. And what, what would you say is the first thing, the first point about this matchup that you would want to bring up in terms of 
trying to figure out who's going to have the advantage or who predicting who's going to win. What's the first biggest, most important factor right off the bat? Is that too loaded of a question? Brother? <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing, my okay, what was perfect. That? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is really just going to come down to who plays the better team football. This game is going to be the most loaded game we've seen at the World Cup here in 2022 as far as talent and quality is concerned. You already said it. This game could be a final. And the reason is there is unheralded talent across every single line. Defensively, you have some of the best defenders in the game. Midfield, same thing. And then offensively, you have some of the most lethal attackers in all of world football. And that goes for both sides, bro. So to determine who's going to win this, I truly do think it's just going to come down to who plays better as a team. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but it gets me thinking. If France only rely on Mbappe, I think that'll actually lead to their demise, even though, even though Mbappe is so, so good. Whereas England might have a little bit more fluidity in the midfield because right now, offensively, the only thing I the only thing I see France doing is give it to Griezmann, and then Griezmann picks out either Giroud, Dembele, or Mbappe. But for for England, I see a lot of different options. If I'm being a lot, if I'm being honest, yeah, right? Eight goals, twelve goals from eight different players. I think. Okay. Is what I saw yeah, the it, stat it, is. Right. And I think there's a reason for that. I think this English squad, when they start clicking, when they start going forward and imposing themselves on their opponent's defense, they have a lot more attacking options threat-wise. And I, for me, it's going to come down to who can handle that better. Does France really shut down every English player to where they have to rely on Kane and maybe Kane can't handle that pressure? Or does England really handle shut down Mbappe, shut down Griezmann, and then all of a sudden, where does France get their goals? I don't know what's going to happen. That's a thing. So if either team can figure each other out, then I think that's going to be the determination as to who wins that game. Yeah, yeah, no, I really like that point. I really like that point. I, I think about how my – I'm more concerned about England because we did see England for basically a full 90 be, in a sense, shut off when they played against the USA. Right. We saw an England squad that suddenly the 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 players weren't hitting the same way they were they were going through the passes weren't landing the same mm -hmm. they wanted to. Harry Kane didn't look as impactful. Whereas for France, I don't think we've seen it in a single half where they where they've been at full strength. I know that Tunisia game happened, but that was a completely different French squad. Yeah, so I don't I don't personally count it. Uh, I think in a game where at full, where they're at full strength, I haven't seen this French team have a moment of like being shut down for a prolonged period of time outside of honestly the 20 minutes against Poland where it was looking a little shaky for a little bit but even then man Poland, France was always always had the opportunity to just immediately strike upon them if needed yeah. and so I, I think I just have a little bit more confidence in the fact that yes England has really good offensive fluidity but they have been rotating players a lot True. within their front three and France has had a, a stuck strung out front three for the whole tournament and I think that might lead to France having more confidence in a game of this magnitude. Yeah. So I do give France the edge in that sense. I think defensively is also really a really good question because defensively, England has been great. They've been great, man. Yeah. If anything, they've been better than, than France, in I my opinion. I think so. Yeah. Only two goals from Iran conceded this whole tournament. The rest mm -hmm. of the game's pure shutouts. And I think France, like today, showed a little bit of a weakness defensively, like you mentioned. So yeah. I think both sides have a slight edge. I think England has a defensive edge, but France has an offensive edge. Yeah. So what the fuck happens? I'm so excited to see. Yeah. And I want to see what the poll says, because right now we have France winning at 58 percent. 
England at 42%. A pretty tight matchup overall. And let me read some of these comments, man. Let me read some of these comments. The thing about England is that their A team got no goals versus the USA. Yeah, that, that is <sighs> what's interesting. But I, part of me thinks if the USA had scored, I think England would have really turned it on to avoid the loss. I think England were just saying, let's just go with the draw. So, but but that's true, all no, that's true. all assumption, though, of true, course. Yeah. yeah, no, true. Um, KG final, like, games favor Southgate's style. Southgate is the park-the-bus king. They practice playing and struggle for the last four years, and they have enough class to punish France. Sound like he was insulting England, but at the same time praising them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Because that is kind of what I'm getting at, is that if England just play together, they might have some some success here man if they really shut down Mbappe and Griezmann then England can punish them offensively but that's the question can you shut down Griezmann and Mbappe right? can you yeah you I really like that you brought that up because no team has no team has yet man. no team has and so this is just gonna be a hell of a match because whoever ends up winning it will have proved that their tactics worked and if England win oh, this dude, if England yeah. win this then they will have proved that yeah we our defense can shut down anybody, Fuck and and and, and going and winning a game like that would give me complete confidence that we can lift the trophy. And the same thing can be said about France. If oh, France man. beat yeah. England, then they can go into the next semifinal game and final game being like nobody can stop us offensively, nobody. Shit. Because if France can beat a backline of Premier League quality players. Who's going to stop them? You're right. The mental aspect of this game, the yeah. reward that you get at the very end if you win it, yeah. is going to be unmatched. Unmatched. Yeah. Nobody can tell you shit at that point. Yeah. You're the favorite for the for the tournament, in my I, opinion. I think so. From that point forward. Uh, interested to see what the South American teams do. But yeah, man, like that'll be super interesting to see how that impacts the players moving forward. Saul Acosta, good point, Saltero. This game is open as fuck. Will be a good one to watch. Probably the best game of the World Cup except the final. So excited for yeah. this game, bro. And sometimes we've seen that finals can be a little weird. Uh. And it's like the games that building up to the final are actually end up being more better in terms of entertainment. Yeah. We might see a really, really good match Ooh. here, man. If I saw like a 3-2 type of game, bro, yeah. I'd be spoiled, bro. Man. That'd be so dope. If you stop the French midfield, especially Griezmann, you can stop the ball from going to the French cheetahs. Dembele slash Mbappe. I like that. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. I can see Southgate using Hendo, Rice, and imposes midfield to win yeah no yeah yeah i think this, yeah this is gonna be the type of thing where people say sorry like I, I can see both sides basically yes honestly yes karthik raja super chat from my boy mbappe first first since 2002 ronaldo to score eight times in a world cup he has the potential he has he's at what three right now three or four yeah two know. today uh-huh. he had a one against um he had australia goals Got one against Australia, no? Yeah. Honestly, I don't remember. I remember. <laughs> he could get there. He could get yeah. there. $50 donation from Savet. That is the biggest donation we've ever received on this channel. Thank you so Thank much, you, my friend. Thank you, bro. You guys should do a video for updated bracket for rest of the World Cup and awards, Golden Boot, etc. Just want to say thank you guys for doing these. I'm in the middle of final exams and law school, and only breaks I'm taking are to eat, World Cup, and the pod. My boy's going to become a lawyer, man. Hey, the give and go needs a lawyer, bro. <laughs> we need a lawyer, man. We'll hit we you really up. really do, but hey, I really do appreciate you taking time out of your day to watch us and to, you know, feed that passion of football that you have and man. utilizing us to to uh, just get you more hype, man. Hope hope we've done it justice, honestly, man. truly, man. So thank you for the donation. Thank you, and uh, good luck on those finals, bro. Yeah, good luck, man. The Hitman, $5. The Senegal and USA games show me that their defense can be defeated. Saar was burning Walker Walker all night, and Pulisic was dribbling past them. 
You, yeah. you flip that for Mbappe? I can see the argument. I, I can see the argument. I can. Well, and that's what's going to be so fun, man. Walker's going to face Mbappe. Ooh. That's a hell of a clash, bro. Yeah. That's going to be awesome battle to see out on that pitch. Yeah. Oh, Mbappe, Mbappe has, has five. five. Oh, my God. Mbappe has five? That's crazy. And two assists. Good Lord. The Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Messi dribbling his piss all over Mbappe's chin. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> we got some Messi versus Mbappe we do, we shit going. Okay, that's a good question. Who do you think has been better this World Cup? Messi or Mbappe? I mean, for me, it's just Mbappe because of his output. His output's ridiculous. Dude, the two goals that he scored today, I already said it. I don't know if any other player, even Messi, can score in those situations. So the pure output that Mbappe is producing, I can't ignore it. So for me, Mbappe's had the best World Cup from an individual perf performance perspective. Crazy, man. Crazy. I miss Memo. Me too, man. From Pikachu's of LA. Five dollars. I miss him, man. I miss Shit. him. And it just sucks that we won't see him again, dude. Sucks. So the poll said that France would win, but just barely. I love how back and forth this matchup will be and how everyone's really putting up really good arguments for either side, dude. Yeah. Um, Mbappe by four. We have people saying Mbappe. Messi just played good this last match. Mm -hmm. I would throw in the Mexico game as well. I thought Messi was great in that game. Yeah, Messi hasn't been bad, by the yeah. way. He's, yeah. he's been really good, but yeah. Mbappe's just been better. Yeah. I feel sorry for Messi. He's solely carrying the team. England defense is nothing next to the legendary Italian defense of Baresi, Maldini, Nessa, Cannavaro, Costa Curta. I've never heard of him. Albertini, unbeatable defense. But I have heard of the others. I just never heard of Costa Curta. I need yeah. to look him up. Mbappe has had the best performance for sure, but Messi's still showing the influences that uh, Messi's still showing he influences the game more than anyone else. Mm, yeah, the, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 sure, sure. Mbappe also has a much more solid team. Yeah, man, I love it. I love that Mbappe is even in this conversation. Yeah, because when we talked about Messi, when we talked about him, like he's a deity, man, like he's a god. And for Mbappe to be up there sitting right next to him yeah. and being like, "Hey, I'm gonna come for your spot once you're done," <laughs> pretty crazy, man. <laughs> pretty crazy. <laughs> Pretty crazy. Um, there was a comment that reminded me. Uh, dude, did you see Jules Koundé with his two gold chains playing? Yes, bro. I was yes. like, I've never. The thing they is, made him take him off. Yeah, they, but in the 40th minute, I saw in the second minute because they were flinging yeah. around. I was like, the hell? <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I've never seen a player get away with wearing a chain for 40 minutes. Yeah, he got away with never, it. Never, got away with bro. It. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Even but in like also, Sunday League. Yeah, I mean, but they're it, like on top of that shit. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah they really are. But, but Koundé was just like, I'm going to be blinging out tonight, bro. Dude, no, I've a, never seen a player try that. He's a little fashionista, man. I was watching the uh, video of France getting ready for the World Cup where they met up at like their headquarters mm. prior to going to Qatar. And there was a shot that showed Jules Koundé's um, la uh, uh, luggage, mm. like his uh, carry-on bag. And he opened it up, bro, and it was just fucking Javinci, Balmain, Damn. fucking Balenciaga. He had all this fucking bling in there. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's a little fashionista, Jules. <laughs> and he found a way to finesse his, his gold chain into the goddamn World Cup, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are players not allowed to wear chains? I would assume that it's because of the, the chance safety. that they, yeah, this chance they could be held on to. Yeah. And then what would be the... Uh, uh, you know, how far could you go with a chain, bro? What if you had a fucking like Black Panther chain, bro? Just fucking, <laughs> how far could like, you like, go? How far could you go with it, man? Truly, yeah, yeah. I would love to see a guy just fucking blinged out, yeah, and like a, and a, a chain that says his own name, Griezmann, <laughs> and a greasy chain. <laughs> <laughs> Kunde lifting a World Cup trophy with that gold chain will go down in the history, bro. Folks, <laughs> he'll definitely he'll bring that back out after yeah, the game's yeah, over. Yeah. He'll find a way. Lots of shirt pulling, getting a chain pulled back would hurt like a. B word. Oh yeah, yeah I agree, I agree man. Agree. So yeah, that's probably why. Um, 
<laughs> Bet, put me on the field, blinged up. I'm gonna prove y'all wrong. There's a confidence <laughs> aspect to it too, man. If you got jewelry on you, yeah. a sudden boost in confidence. It's not fair. It's not fair, bro. It's not fair. But moving on, man. Let's do match ratings. Let's talk about these two matches real quick. Mm. What do people think about uh, which one was the better game? Six, uh, seven goals. Lewandowski made the penalty. Seven goals combined in this game and these two games. Let's talk about. Poland versus France. What would you guys rate it, man? The, I think the best moments of this game were seeing Giroud break a record, seeing Poland take it to France for a few few minutes, uh, and seeing Mbappe just get two worldies uh, added to his already stacked resume. So some good moments. But let's see. I'll acknowledge that in a second. Okay. Okay, quick. We'll read a, a little Super Chat in the meantime. Luis Melo, $5. Whoever wins the World Cup, will the give-and-go travel to be a part of Celebration Parade, man? I'd love to. <laughs> Dude, with these donations, we might have to do that, man. That might be what we do, bro. I, I genuinely would love to. Yeah. I really would. I've never even imagined me being a part of that. It'd yeah. be dope if we could actually do that, man. It just mm. depends on the country, I guess. So mm. I kind of wish it was Canada. <laughs> eights. I'm seeing eights. I'm seeing a tons of eights. I think we're going to go eight for this one. Yeah, I think yeah. it's an easy eight right here. Eight. And then the second game was England versus Senegal. What did y'all think? I thought this one was done by the 60th minute, but yeah. for the first 20 minutes, it was back and forth. And we saw three really good crafted English goals. So yes. what would you guys rate the England-Senegal game? I'm seeing a six. I'm seeing a two. I'm seeing a six. I'm seeing an eight. A six. Four. It was too one-sided. I kind of five. agree, man. Yeah. I think this is a six, man. Yeah. I think it's a six. It's just so one-sided, yeah. bro. After 20 minutes, even maybe even last Senegal just couldn't compete. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you guys. I Yeah. I agree with this. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Let's do that. So the, ga the give-and-go game of the day goes to France versus Poland. For Congratulations, sure. Mbappe. Another award to top off your already incredible day. Mm -hmm. Next thing we'll do is match previews. Let's talk about tomorrow's games and get some polls going because producer Rudd is back in town, baby. Match previews, previewing two fun matchups yeah, tomorrow, man. man. We start off our day with Japan against Croatia. Japan, you know, one of the Cinderella stories of this tournament, winning games against Spain, against Germany, and making it out of their group, shocking the footballing world for a lot of people and knocking Germany out in the process. They'll be facing off against a Croatian side that was a runners that was a runners up finalist in the 2018 World Cup. Still has amazing quality in their midfield. Defensively, Gavardiola has looked incredible. Mm -hmm. The whole team as a whole is playing very well and they come into this tournament seeking more glory, seeking another good run. So, that's what's shaping up to be a really good match. Poll is already up and I'm seeing Japan at 66%. And remember, folks, I said that for this game specifically, oh, yeah. if Japan wins this game, I will watch. I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch Blue Lock. Watch the first episode. I'll watch the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I got uh, People watch me. I've never, I've never watched anime. I've seen half a season of Naruto. I think that's the most I've ever done. And I was a kid. Mm. I've never sat my ass down and seen anime. I love art. I love for what I love the different types of fields of art. And so I would be truly appreciative of it if I got into it. But I just never made time for it. Yeah. I'll make time for it if Japan wins tomorrow, man. If Japan can beat this European side 
I will fucking do it, man. I will yeah. do it. I'll watch the season. Mm. I'll watch the season, and I'll probably be addicted to it by the end of it, but I'll watch the whole damn thing. Yeah. So that's when the, that's what's on the line for me, bro. Okay. What's on the line for you when you watch this match, man? Just pure Japanese passion, man. I'm going all in on Japan, maybe even from a fan type of bias here. I love this team. I love the way they move the ball around. I love the way they play football offensively. I think they have the defense to back it up, especially against a Croatia side that might struggle to uh, score goals with their offensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I think it's going to be a great game because Croatia have the class, whether it's in the midfield or maybe Kramaric or Perisic end up having a really good game. I think Croatia can go up against anybody, even a good team in Japan. So I'm going all in on Japan, but I think this is going to be a really open, fun game. I expect goals, to be honest, from both sides. Uh but yeah, I, I I think honestly it's gonna be more fifty fifty. But I'm going Japan. Fair. Yeah. I, I think this comment actually kind of agrees with you. He says uh, David Sanchez, Japan takes this if they play hard from the whistle. Croatia's offense isn't it. Make them pay for it. I agree, man. Yeah, I, I think I said it actually earlier. Japan just needs to start off a little bit more aggressive than they usually do. Do that, and that'll set the precedence. And I think Croatia will just be on their heels from that point. If Japan can start off quicker and harder and more aggressive than they usually do i think japan will go all the way in this game but if they let croatia get the ball early and they just pound that japan defense then just pray to god you don't concede and then come out hard in that second half yeah i'm i'm actually gonna go the opposite i'm going croatia yes Mm -hmm. because of the blue lock narrative but also because i've had this kind of take boiling up as i've been watching croatia in the world cups uh these past two world cups specifically man and they're almost like a little, like a baby Netherlands in the sense of ruthlessness, man. I think they're starting to kind of find a way to just dismantle and take down teams in a very demoralizing way. The yeah. way they went about murdering Canada really said that to me. And the way they managed to get a result out of Belgium and made them feel hopeless at the end of the day, even giving Lukaku chances to score. Mm. The Croatian team nowadays has this sort of ruthlessness aspect to them that I think is going to start showing in the knockout stages, mm. man. Modric looks nice and kind on the outside, brother. But I think he's a little demon, man. Yeah, yeah. He's a little demon because I've rooted against him so many times, man, and he can be evil, bro. Yeah. Modric can be an evil guy. Yeah. So I no longer want to do that. I don't want to root against one of the greatest midfielders we've ever seen. If anything, I want to root for him. So mm. I'm going to go for Modric. I'm going to go for Kovacic. I'm going to go for Brozovic. I'm going to go for that Croatian unit that I know is capable of playing like a Dutch side that just completely shuts down the opposing team, no matter how much magic is behind their run. Yeah. I have Croatia winning this. So yeah. the poll stays at 66 for Japan. We have a Japan pro audience here. I'd love to see it. Love it. And at the end of the day, man, if Japan win, then I get to experience something truly special because it sounds like you guys really like Blue Lock. So, hey, I'll be live streaming something related to Blue Lock. I'll figure it out. I'll make a review. We'll figure something out regarding Blue Lock if I end up having to watch it. But, <laughs> but yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, Super Chat from Alex Chavez. Yeah, I'll be waiting for the live stream of Blue Lock $2. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, I just think you can't give the other team 80% possession and hope for the win in these games. I, I think the only team that can is actually Japan. Um, and I know that sounds like an excuse, but proving that it works against both Germany and Spain, once again, I don't think was a fluke. Japan's direct style of offensive play, I think, can beat anybody. Scoring two goals against Spain and Germany is no easy feat. So I do think Japan will be deadly. But as you already said, if Croatia come out cold, if they come out calculated, 
then yeah, they can definitely beat Japan, which is why I'm not saying Japan's going to dominate this game. I think it's truly going to be 50-50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think about, yeah, because I also had that same argument for a while. I was like, Japan doesn't possess the ball enough. They give too much control to the opposing team that it's not beneficial to them, but Bro, Spain didn't do anything with that possession, bro. Yeah. And I don't know if that says more about Spain or more about Japan. I think it might be a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. both. They managed to get a goal. They yeah. managed to get a goal. But that was the, truly the only opportunity they had at scoring a goal was that one opportunity where the ball came in for Morata. Yeah. The rest of the time, Japan was really good defensively, man. Yeah. It actually really surprised me. Yeah. And so I think they're fine giving up that possession. I think so. And then they're going to be calculated about when they go up and attack and It'll be deadly yeah. for those 20 minutes where they're just going up and trying things out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alex Chavez, again, $5. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Do you think Luke, do you think Luca will last at the speed that Japan plays at after his last match? That is one thing that's still in my mind, man, is Modric's true fitness over 90 minutes, man. That's where I think it's going to get really interesting because if Modric is just done by, like, let's say the 70th minute, man, Japan could definitely take advantage because... Japan are relentless in that aspect as far as just fighting in the midfield and trying to release players like Junya Ito or Asano, for example. So that I'm, I'm going to be watching Modric from a fitness perspective once it gets to that second half. It's a good point. Yeah. Master Modric has a student named Meyer, and I think he will prove himself against Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I love that comment. Man. I like that, man. Yeah, I like yeah. that. He really does, man. Meyer's been great this tournament. Yeah, coming off the bench, I... I if it's nil-nil or Croatia need a goal, I expect to see him earlier in the game in that second half for sure. Oh, man, Luka will give it his life, 120 or 200, his last match potentially for Croatia. Whoa, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. See, that's true because oh, he's 37, 35? Yeah, How old is he? He's 37. Okay, so yeah, yeah even if is, you say Euros, there's just, he'd be 39 uh, and that'd be tough. Yeah. That'd be tough, Yeah. Bro. Japanese are considered short even in Asia, so Croatia can use that as well. Japan needs to sacrifice <laughs> Krillin for a change in Super Saiyan. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z yeah. reference, huh? That's in a little anime. Japan definitely had better stamina as a team. I think so, bro. Okay. All right. And that's, that's one matchup that will be waiting for us to start off the day. And then the second and last matchup of the game of the day will be Brazil versus South Korea. Yeah. Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. I love it, man. I love it. I'm excited, man. It's going to be... It's going to be an amazing atmosphere because yeah. you have the South Koreans in attendance who showed out in the group oh stages, God, man. Bro. South Korea was in the house. And likewise, Brazilians somehow found a way to, to be in Doha, Qatar, man. Yeah. We had a bunch of Brazilians in attendance for every single one of their matches. And I'm hyped. I'm, I'm hyped. hyped, bro. This this game speaks says all atmosphere, but also a really, truly, genuinely interesting matchup. One that I've never truly seen at this of this of this magnitude i've never seen south korea play against brazil uh on a stage this big personally yeah. and so i love it i love seeing matches that i don't usually see happening same with today like england senegal i thought was dope because Bizarre. we just never see that matchup man yeah. south korea brazil is an example of that and brazil is coming into this after topping their group uh sending their players out in that last game and losing to cameroon uh, but still, showing that when they were at full strength completely, they have a very, very good team. And in my opinion, the best team at the World Cup. South Korea, on the other hand, pure magic. Pure mm. magic with what they were able to do. Only having one point going into that final match day and getting three full points against a B-side Portugal, Portugal, Portugal team that still made them work for the victory with the beautiful Ming Sun assist. That got them the game-winning goal by Hwang Hee Chan's beautiful finish. Yeah. And so South Korean scenes ensued. South Korea is through to the round of 16. Pure magic. There's an Asian wave happening here in the World Cup. Yeah. 
And so now I believe people such as yourself, I'm assuming, and people all around the world are thinking, hey, South Korea has a has a chance here. They have a chance here. Um, but on the other hand, Brazil will be welcoming back one of the most informed players uh, in the world right now in Neymar. Yeah. Neymar will be coming back to the team. It's been confirmed that if he has a really good training session with the Brazilian team today, he'll be good to go tomorrow. He has recovered. Neymar will be on the pitch tomorrow, brother, and I think that's huge, man. I think that's, that's huge. Big. That's big right there. It makes it for an even bigger stage between these two teams, and I'm very, very excited. Paul, as of already, before you say anything, says Brazil wins at 74%. South Korea wins with 26%. But maybe with your speech here, you can maybe sway a few votes the other way. All I'm going to say is, Brazil, don't get too cocky, right? Watch out because I want to see Cho get big in that box. I want to see Min Sun in acres of space penetrating as much as he can. Huang Bom, I want to see him combine with the rest of his Korean midfield and then release and distribute when he can. I think Korea have a lot of good tools to basically trouble anybody. We've seen it. They were able to get really good goals against pretty much any team that they were able to face in their group stage. The only problem, man, is I think Korea's backline is just too leaky. And it's a leak that I don't think that they've been able to patch. And when you're facing <laughs> against one of the best offensive threats in the world, and not just in Neymar, but in the rest of that offensive line, I think it's going to be really tough. I'll be honest. All I'm going to say is Brazil can't be too cocky going to this game because Korea is really talented, especially from a kind of like a ball handling perspective. They are a nice, tight, and tidy team, and they have threats. Lee Kang-in, I expect him to have a good impact. Same with Hwang Hee-chan off that bench and really go at this Brazilian defense. But overall, man, I just think Korea's defense, is they're going to have a hard time over the course of 90 minutes. So Korea, I think, will put up a good fight. But I see Brazil winning this all day long. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm going with a big Brazilian win here. Uh, I see some good comments here where people think Neymar should be rested. He should be rested for this game because Brazil showed that without Neymar, they could still beat a really good Swiss side. True. 1-0. So why risk it when you think about comparing Switzerland to South Korea? Mm. I would think that South Korea is slightly weaker than Switzerland. So I, I think it might be a smart idea. I don't think I don't think that'd be a bad idea. But at the same time, I'm seeing the Kim wall will hold. Um, hope Min Jae Kim is back from the injury because I did hear he was injured as yeah, well. Tomorrow yeah. is a big test for Asian football. It will show us if Asian football has progressed. I do hope it did. I hope to see Asian teams go further. It's obviously hard for them. You're right, man. Yeah. Two Asian games tomorrow, man. Yeah. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Um, That's true. Yeah. Big day for Asian football. Oh, my yeah, God. Man. Brazil will take out the frustration and the defeat to Cameroon on top of Korea. I could see them utilizing this as a statement. Right. But I agree. The biggest concern here is don't get cocky. Don't get cocky. Just don't Brazil. get cocky. Don't get cocky. Yeah. Do what you've been doing this whole tournament. Take care of business and, and don't let your foot off the gas. Just yeah. no mercy. Keep going and just make a statement to the other teams that will be watching in France and England and Argentina, yeah. Netherlands, that – you are just as tough, if not a better team, than all of them combined. So please, yeah. make a stay in Brazilians. That's what I'm excited for, and I hope that I do see that. I really think this match will be tight. Brazil will probably win because of names and quality, but you never know with Asian counterattacks at speed. Yes, I, I, I agree. Um, you know, talk, looking at Korea and in their games against both Ghana and Portugal, the reason why they were able to get back in those games is because I think their opponents got complacent. They're like, oh, we're already up 1-0, 2-0. Koreans ain't coming back. 
but Korea kept hope in every single match that they played. And not only that, they were able to convert their big chances. So if Brazil just don't get complacent, don't get cocky, they win this game 10 out of 10 times. But if they even if they leave even an inkling of hope for Korea, Korea will pounce on that. So just do make this a professional performance for Brazil. Get the job done. Go up 2-0 by the half, and this game will be done. Eduardo Gomez, welcome to the Give and Go team, man. Thank you for joining, man. Thank, Thank you, brother. You, bro, for real. Um, I had Neymar winning the golden boot on the bracket. I wish I waited until after the injury because he <laughs> yeah. has been out way too long for that. I feel like, I feel like, but do you guys think it's possible? <sighs> yeah, missing nah, two games is yeah, big. Missing two games out of seven is yeah. huge, huge. So, no, nah, I don't think so, man. You're going to have to redo that bracket, my friend. Brazil's not about Neymar. Yes, he is almost a legend at this time, but it's all about their defense. Thiago and Marquinhos, that's the key. key Korea is not going to penetrate through, through that at all. And I agree, man, because... Mm. They only played together the first two games. Not a single shot on target when they were on the pitch. Alisson didn't make a save while they were on pitch. And Alisson still hasn't made a save because Ederson played in that third game. Oh, yeah. So he still hasn't made a save at the World Cup. Um, and so, yeah, I think the defense for Brazil is one of the best ones in the world right now. Mm. And truly, they've shown that so far. So I hope that they can continue showcasing that powerful defense, that wall that they have. Um, a comment here from Clarence says, How do I become a member and how do I donate? I believe at the bottom... Underneath us, there should be a button that says join, join, click on that. And then you join a $5 a month program, if you want to call it mm. a membership where you get little emojis, but you also just help support the channel, man. Five yeah. bucks is all it takes to just help us out a lot. And uh, with that, you can donate as well if you'd like, man. So really would appreciate any sort of uh, support in that sense. Yeah. From H, I know there's 1% chance, but Japan versus Korea would be lit. Dude. <laughs> That'd be lit. Can you imagine a Jap <laughs> Japanese versus South Korean matchup? That'd be crazy, man. That'd be in dope. In the quarters? Because that would be guaranteed an Asian team in the semis. Oh, my <laughs> God, bro. That'd be crazy. Dang. This is like the CONCACAF thing that happened in 2014. Oh, shit. With Costa Rica and Mexico oh, potentially being facing off in round 16. Maybe one team does it, but the other one, do but the other one doesn't. Maybe, Damn. Maybe Japan wins maybe against Japan Croatia, wins. but then South Korea, South Korea falls short, man. Yeah. That, ooh, that would, that'd be such a dope matchup, that'd be though. Dope. In, in Qatar? Yeah. Oh, Ooh, yeah, uh, in the AFC Confederation. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Damn, we, they'd be talking about that for years yeah, over there, man. Years. Yeah. Who would win that matchup? <laughs> Shit, man. We got to see what happens tomorrow, bro. I'd go South Korea. <laughs> I'd go South Korea on that one, man. I really would. Uh, the poll has shifted a little bit. It went from 75% Brazil to 77 I agree, ultimately, man. I think Brazil will win this yeah, matchup. I think so. And um, if anything, the one that I'm super interested in is the... Uh, Japan Croatia one because that is the tightest so far knockout stage game that we've seen. That I we will think have so. Seen. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Eduardo Gomez, mad respect for you guys. Love the content. Let's go, Brazil, the next world champs. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. I'm sticking by you, man. I'm sticking by Brazil, man. I'm Brazilian tomorrow. Angel Bautista, $2. England versus Brazil will be who can outscore who. That'd be a dope final. It'd be such a dope That'd be a final. Dope final, man. Yeah. A European representative in England and a South American representative in Brazil, man. Yeah. Two big footballing nations. We talked about it yesterday. The history behind each yeah. of those teams. Yeah. It'd be amazing to see, man. Amazing to see. The intro song is Invincible by Orcas. That's Orcas, O-R-K-A-S. Producer Brett is typing it in the chat. Please go check out that song, man. It's copyright free, and it's a banger, man. Argentina versus France final would be dope. England versus France final. That's what you meant. That'd be awesome as well. I agree with you, Angel. Do you guys know that William Saliba has Maltese roots? Our first presence in a World Cup. Pretty dope. Shout out Malta. 
Yeah, it's pretty man. dope. Yeah. Saliba is a Maltese surname. That's oh, dope. Okay. Did not, Did know, not that. know that. Awesome. Call me crazy, but France Japan will be the final. Crazy. That'd be <laughs> crazy, but I mean, I'm, I'm actually pretty high on this Japan team. I really am. Right, so right. let's, that'd let's be cool. See how far they end up going, man. Let's truly see how far they end up going. A couple more questions here before we go. It's a it's a light shoot today with only two games happening. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, both of them essentially being blowouts at the end of the day, man. Os Oscar. Found y'all on TikTok and now follow y'all. Man, that's huge. Love that, bro. That's huge. Appreciate it, man. I know we sound a little... I feel like we sound more dramatic on TikTok because it's such mm. short form so content. So short form. Hopefully, we sound a little bit more real here on the uh, live stream. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. You will all see the real Brazil tomorrow. I feel like we've been seeing already a really good Brazil when they're at full strength, man. Yeah, we've been seeing a relentless really Brazil, Brazil that does not stop attacking. I missed the group stage. Four matches a day was crazy. It was crazy, yeah. man. It was maybe too much, but yeah. in, a, in a really good way, though. It was like overdosing every day. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, we have a good question here. How are you, Saltero? I'm doing great. Doing really, really good. So excited for these matches, as I always am. Any day that I get to watch football is a day well spent. How about outside of football, man? <laughs> <laughs> right now, all I'm thinking is oh, football. Yeah, football. So ask me this question after the World Cup. I'd love to get. I'd love to get you know more intimate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just found out it's December. I just found that out, man. <laughs> I just found out it's December. Christmas is right around the corner, and I love this time of the year. I really yeah, do. Yeah. I have a big crush on you, Reynoso. Much love from the Netherlands. Dang, the Netherlands. Hey. Hey, I went to the Netherlands once. I went to Amsterdam. Beautiful place, beautiful city, beautiful people. A mm. beautiful country of yours, truly. Beautiful country. Bit off topic, but which clubs do you support from Marine? All right, let me answer this one. My uh, North American club is Chivas. I support Mexico. I grew up a Mexico fan. My dad was in Mexico. I'm a Chivas fan. I said, Jesus, uh, I'm all over the place. I support Chivas when it comes to uh, North American teams. My dad was a Chivas fan, so I became a fan of them growing up. Uh, in Europe, I became a Liverpool fan, like, what, seven years ago now? Big Liverpool guy. And then internationally, I support Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, for me, Liga MX, Leon, Guanajuato, and then uh, European Atletico Madrid. Been watching Atletico and Leon since 2012. Yeah. So, all, oh, shit, 10 years now. Yeah, 10 years. Jesus. 10 year anniversary. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, Austin FC fans, because we live here. Based in Austin, yeah. so love to catch an Austin FC game when I can. Yeah, based in Austin. We live in Austin, by the way, and I want to say that because last night we went out on 6th Street, and we got recognized twice. Mm -hmm. And I want to give a shout-out. Maybe he's watching to my boy Arvin. Yes. Arvin. Arvin said he's from India, and uh, he grew up in England, and or, or something like that, and that he's a, he's a Man United fan since 1999. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since yeah. 1999. Shook our hand and was happy to meet us. It yes. was a pleasure. Great guy. Yeah, great guy, man. Great mm -hmm. guy. It was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday out at, at, on 6th Street. Um, do, you, do you guys prefer the Winter World Cup instead of Summer? There's another comment that said because of the, the form, yeah. yeah. I saw a comment earlier, too, talking about how um, because it happens in the middle of the season, we're seeing players be really well-informed now versus the World Cup in the summer where they feel it's a little tougher to find form. Yeah. I, I actually like it. I think they're two different beasts, though, so much so that I actually don't have a preference. I like that the I like what I like about the Winter World Cup is exactly that. The players are bang informed. The season had only been going on for two to three months, so come November time frame, everyone's informed and excited to kind of have a little break from uh, club football, and then we get to celebrate with a big tournament like the World Cup. And then come summertime, 
you get the summer vibes. So it's a lot more of a celebration than it is like a really gritty type of tournament. So I think both, both tournaments have their pros and cons in my opinion. Yeah. 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 It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, man. And uh, like, I thought it'd be a true detriment to the tournament. It's a different type of magic yeah. to the world cup, but I'm still seeing something that I truly do like. I like the product, man. I yeah, like the product. Me too. Um, I think I prefer summer though. I prefer summer. Okay. I prefer summer, yeah. but I don't mind it being in this time of the year. Yeah. Question. Are you guys stoned most of the time? Because the emotion with which you guys talk with is inspiring. I've never seen two people talk with such passion in a normal scenario. <laughs> Love from Australia, man. I get that. I get that question, <laughs> man. I'm a very expressive guy. I've always been like that, man. I'm loud. I express my emotions. I'm a passionate dude. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm not stoned. But when I am stoned, it's sometimes it's a little bit. It's sometimes even more. Mm. And sometimes I'm just completely. I'm just completely laid back. And I'm just chill. <laughs> so it's a little bit of both. But no, I'm usually sober. If not, maybe a little buzzed yeah. with a beer or something. No, man, I really appreciate the love, you know, outside of football. Honestly, I'm actually a pretty reserved guy, pretty quiet, pretty shy. But when it comes to football, there's just a spark in me, man. Uh, something that lights my That's soul, true. bro. That's true. That really just like, you know, gives me passion for it. And I love the sport so much that like this is me sober when I'm talking about football, <laughs> man. I truly, truly love football. Yeah, so no. I, I appreciate all the love, bro. Yeah, Aziz, he says, love the pod, guys. Wondering if you're going to be covering the AFC Asian Cup next summer, especially with the way Asian teams are performing this World Cup. Maybe other competitions, too, like the AFC Champions League. Oh, well, this question is perfect for you, this my friend. This is perfect for me. I cover every single international tournament, just personally. Before the, This pod is only a year old, but obviously before that, I've been watching soccer for a really, really long time, bro. And so, yeah, I, I've been watching AFC Asian Cup since 2011. 11, 15, 19. So, yes, I will be watching the AFC Asian Cup. And with the pod now, we'll definitely have some sort of yeah, coverage. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. definitely cover it for sure. And for, as far as AFC Champions League, glad you asked that. Because also, I rotate Continental Champions League as far as what I watch. So, last year, I watched African Champions League. Next on the books, even without this World Cup, is AFC Champions That's League. That's funny, man. Yeah, yeah. it's just funny that, a that Asian teams are actually turning up. Because naturally, without this World Cup, I'm actually going to personally watch AFC Champions League. So, yeah, stay tuned, I guess, for some sort of coverage of that as well. Yeah, and that, that's that's what's at the core of the give and go, man. Is that we obviously cover the mainstream sports and we mainstream we the mainstream leagues, you know, Premier League, Champions League, and those. But we try to shed light on the on the lesser known leagues for sure. We try to prioritize if that, if even that, mm -hmm. because uh, there's way too much good football happening all around the world. So Savet says, if Reynoso slash Altero can give us the last five World Cup winners plus Golden Boot winners. Without looking at chat or cheating, I'll donate $100 <laughs> to the pod. All right, all right, fuck, fuck, fuck. Let me think, let me think. My just, just Here's with, my phone. Here's my phone. Put this looking. down. But I will say, I only started watching World Cups in 2010, so I, I won't nah, know I, it. I, the you world, think the you're world, good? I think I could get it. Yeah? I get it. Try it. I'm going to leave this on you. Good uh, luck, bro. But, but I, can help. The, I can help. Is, yeah, it's, it's, I can help. This is a team effort. Fuck. Okay, here we go. <laughs> the last five World Cup winners. Let's do that first. Okay. Shit. I'm like overthinking. 2018, France. Yeah. 2014, Germany. Yeah. 2010, Spain. Yeah. 2006, Italy. Yeah. 2002, Brazil. Right. So that's five. That's done. I got that. Golden boot winners. So the players that Fuck. score the most in every tournament. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough, man. Okay. 2014 was close, no? Was it? Miroslav? Germany? Honestly, I don't know. 2014, when I don't they know, won bro. the tournament, I think it was closer. It right, because be. he made a record, I thought. It would have to be, yeah, it would it have to be closer. It has to be 2014 him. was closer. Okay. 
Uh, I'm thinking 2002 was Ronaldo, R9. Let's go with that. Yeah. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> 2006, the Golden Boot winner. This I have no idea. I was, truly have um, no idea. The highest scoring player in the 2006 World Cup. Am I right so far? Shit. Oh, you know, yeah, scrolling scroll, down will be a scroll, spoiler. Yeah, scroll. we're not scrolling. We can't see. Okay, um, so 2002, R9. 2006, I'll go with... Um, Would it be Zidane? Even though he didn't win, did he win the Golden Boot? I have no idea. Or did he win the Golden Ball? Golden Ball. I don't uh, think, yeah, I think he got close to Golden Ball, but I don't, I don't think he was Golden Boot. Golden uh, Boot, 2006, the highest scoring Golden was... I'm thinking, like, Podolski? Was it, like, Podolski? For Germany, for yeah. For Germany? Go ah, put it. I, I have might no have to do that. that. I might have to do it just because I, I'm going blank right now. Mm. Um, Portugal was in a semifinal. Maybe they had someone. Ronaldo. Um, I don't know. <laughs> uh, France, Germany, Italy. I, I'm. I don't know, so I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, wait, Thierry Henry. You think so? I'll go. I'll go Henry. Okay. Yeah, I'll go Henry. Henry for France, and then um, 2010. Forlan, was he a Golden Boot winner? He, he was, was a Golden, golden ball. ball. He was a Golden Ball winner. 2010 scored the most goals in Wasn't it Davi Villa? Wasn't he? Oh, really yeah. Have, yeah, let's go Villa. Let's yeah. go Villa. 2014, Closet. 2018. How do we not know that one, man? How do we not know that one? I know I got it in me. What is it? Shit. I actually don't know. Was it Mbappe? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Thing. 2018? Yeah. So 2018, it was the... Let me think. The semifinalists. Belgium. And then the other one was... Uh, Croatia, England was a Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Harry Kane was 2018. Okay. All right. Did we get it? Uh, I think so. I was looking at it. So people were commenting. So for Lon, Lon, Messi, for Lon, Lon. Messi, for Lon. 2010 was Muller. It was Muller. 2014 was Hamas. 2018 was Kane. 2006 was Klose. Oh. God. God damn it. Right, we got what, about, what about yeah. 2002? Find 2002. Someone must have said 2002. Yeah, what was 2002, guys? They'll answer it. Did we get half? You got these right. These are right. We got the we got five World Cup winners, and I think we got we got 2018. We, nah, got, we didn't deserve it. We, we didn't. Deserve, deserve, we don't deserve. We don't deserve, we don't deserve it. it, man. We didn't deserve it. Man. I'm sorry, but hey, thanks for the challenge. Yeah, man. Uh, Thank you. That was fun. Ibrahim yeah. Ahmed. Japan are the hard workers that can beat talent if talent doesn't work hard enough. Also, they don't give up. That second goal against Spain, millimeters. Really well said, dude. Really, really well said. I love that. Uh, will you guys be over, uh, covering the U20 World Cup? That that's the thing. I don't think we do. I don't think we're gonna do youth tournament. Youth, uh, when, youth, when it comes to youth tournaments, youth tournaments, I yeah. I only tune in when it gets to like the quarters, maybe semis even. <laughs> yeah. So I won't. We won't be covering it even at remotely intensively. Yeah. We won't. But po hey, we'll be there for the final probably. Yeah. <laughs> Poland brought 1999. Thank you for hey. Thank you for joining the give and go, man. I've been seeing you in the chat for a while now, so I appreciate appreciate that. that. Um. For okay, so let me. 2010 was Mola. 2014 was Hamas. 2018 was Kane. 2022 will be Mbappe probably. Yeah, so far. Muller, Fantino. <laughs> yeah, 2002 was R9, so I got that one right. That's, that feels nice. Muller in 2010 makes so much sense, though. Yeah. 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 So close it. 2006. Six. Close yeah. it was 2006. 2006. Which also makes sense. $50 for the pod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Mexican kids. All right, man. Hey. Oh, he did it. Hey. Savet. Yeah. Savet. $50. Five for five on the winners. Not so yeah. well on the Golden Boot, but I'll still do half. 
Got to do another challenge here soon. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Bro, you, man. you didn't have to do that, you but I really appreciate that. that. But now <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be thinking about Savet's challenges, bro. I'm going to be thinking, what the fuck is he going to challenge me with, with me next, man? I'm going to be, I'm going to try to predict what you're going to challenge next, bro. Cause I mm. got to get it right this time around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Luis Melo, $5. Are you guys going to travel to LA to watch the final of the Gold, Gold Cup? I, that, we could. We could, man. Honestly, doing any sort of like maybe like live coverage or whatever we could do for, for the channel would be really fun for the Gold Cup, man. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. The Hitman joined hey, the give and go, man. Thank it was, you, bro. It's fitting, man. It's fitting, man. He'd be a starter in our in our starting <laughs> 11. Hitman would be a starter, bro, because he's, been, he's, he's here every single time. Are you, are you guys going to be at every game possible for the World Cup in 2026, man? Hopefully. Hopefully, man. The give and go is huge by then. Yeah. And I mentioned before, we can have a suite at every single game <laughs> where the give and go viewers can come in, chill, watch the game with us, and have a great fucking time here in the States. That's a dream right there. We have a shout out. Producer Red's looking for a shout out. Do you guys live in the States? It's so hard following Asian Cups and other European leagues like that. Yeah, we do, but it's crazy, man. I remember starting out watching football. I had these, you know, illegal sites that I would catch, and they were able to find. I was able to find genuine streams of South American football, African football, Asian football, and random European leagues too. But now, dude, in this day and age, you could find any streaming service that actually has a lot of major leagues in every single continent. So we're we are in the golden age of global streaming football, bro. So. It, like, uh, for example, AFC Champions League, CBS actually streams it. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah, insane. That's insane. Yeah. So you just pay five bucks a month and five, boom, bro. you get every single game of AFC Champions five. League. Well, even right now, if you, if, you only, if you just want to watch the World Cup and you don't care about language, you could pay five bucks for Peacock and you could watch it on Telemundo's broadcast. Yeah, there you go. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. That, that should be a $50 plus thing that would have to happen for yeah. you to watch these games. But now, for five bucks, you can actually access... A bunch of leagues, dude. Yeah. And Paramount. Paramount has a ton, man. Yes. A ton. They have a ton. Yeah. Fubo is Fubo's another one. Fubo's yeah. great. Yeah. I actually, yeah. I'm, so I'm subscribed yeah. to literally every single soccer yeah. streaming service. <laughs> every single yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. That'll be it for us, man. Thank you guys for the chat and for everything, man. Really do appreciate y'all's involvement and for the donations. Once again, thank you, Savet. Thank you to our homie who's trying to become a lawyer as well. Yeah, Everyone, man. man, thank you guys. And thank you guys for joining the Give and Go support team. We'll be back tomorrow with a review of two Asian matches. Matches, man. So going to be so it's fun. Gonna be a good one. Later, guys. Peace. Thank you.